What's up, everyone? Welcome to the In One Accord podcast, where we explore the background, lyrics, and musical expression of the songs we sing and why we sing them. Our desire is to glorify God through songs that are biblically sound, worshiping together in harmony, and living in complete agreement with Christ. That is In One Accord. I'm Johnny Broadway. And I'm Tim Plaster. And today, uh, we're going to talk about a song just like we do always. But Johnny, is this a song that you've looked forward to talk about? It is. Is this a song that is biblically and theologically correct? It is. Is this a song that we should sing at Compass Bible Treasure Valley? It is. And this is a song that we're going to talk more about today in the One Accord podcast. It is. If you haven't guessed by now, we are talking about Is He Worthy Today? I love it. If you haven't heard the song before, then you're going to think we're just goofballs. (laughs) And all I know how to say is it is. Today, we are going to be talking about Is He Worthy? Written originally by Andrew Peterson. I know that there are other artists who tend to take credit for this song, but it is Andrew (laughs) Peterson who wrote it. And so let's get into the background of why he wrote it, why did he write it the way that he did. Well, Andrew Peterson, he isn't normally a guy who writes songs for congregational corporate worship. He's more of a singer-songwriter. He does things more poetically. He describes a lot of the Christian life and different things in very beautiful ways. He's still a Christian, but just not songs that are easy to sing and meant for corporate gatherings on Sundays. Right, right. Well, I was reading his article behind why he wrote this song, and he was saying he didn't see many songs singing uh, about and praising the Lord for the resurrection of Christ. And so he decided he wanted to write some corporate worship songs talking about Christ's resurrection. And the church he was going to, it was more liturgical in nature. So if you haven't been to a church that has liturgy, basically what that means, so the word liturgy means the work of the people. And so, you know, you may go to some churches where the pastors do everything on Sundays. They're the ones talking, they're the ones leading. The pastors do the whole service and you kind of just sit there and watch. Mm. Well, in a liturgical service, there's an ongoing conversation, interaction between the the pastors in the congregants so the pastor may have a call to worship where he'll read a portion of scripture and then the congregation will say something back to them in response they're actively taking part in the sunday gathering and so he wanted to create a worship song that was liturgical in nature where the worship leader sings something and then the congregation replies back in response singing it is or he does or we do things like that so i don't know if you Mm. have anything to add yeah yeah no and it's a very rhetorical question we we know the answer to it but he gets away with uh writing this song with very little repetition which is awesome and it's so theologically rich and deep which is something we'll talk about Uh, but it just it focuses on the return the ruling and the reigning of jesus christ as king Uh, and again we've talked about this so many times in our podcast but how worthy God is of our praise and of our obedience. And if you get anything from these songs, that is one thing that would be awesome is is just to remember and realize and recognize how worthy God is. Mm. 
he wrote this uh, in talking about his song, and I thought this was great. He said, it's not so much about us coming to sit while the pastor and elders do everything, but about all of us together rehearsing the story of redemption, edifying each other by reading scripture aloud, reaffirming what we believe, embodying worship by kneeling or singing together. Right. So good. Yeah. And you know, one of the, the ideas of our one, In One Accord podcast is that we're doing this together and we're, we're agreeing on these things as we're singing them. And man, you can't get much in much more agreeance than, you know, 300, 500 people, even 30 people all saying he is and answering with that question, these questions with confidence. Absolutely. So we get into the music, the music side of it, of why did he arrange it the way that he did? Um, and we already talked a little bit about it. It's a call and response. And I thought one thing that was interesting, it's very simple and easy for anyone to join in on, right? You may, this may be your first time at a church and this song starts and you know, after you hear the first couple, it is, it is like, it's very easy to Mm. jump in and say, Hey, I agree with this. Mm. I affirm this. I want to praise the Lord in this. And you can just jump in and start singing. You don't have to sit there and wonder like, I don't know the melody. I don't know these words. It's just very easy to participate in praising the Lord. Uh, so I mm. thought that was very thoughtful of him as a songwriter. Yeah, true. And and sometimes sometimes it's good to just listen to the song, to just mm-hmm. listen to worship uh, music as it's being led. And this song gives you that opportunity because you really are responding to something. So it's important that you know what you're responding to. And so to be able to just sit and listen to the leader say something and then you respond uh, is so great. And then to sing the chorus together. Right. Yeah, it's an awesome uh, interaction. Yep, we're teaching each other. So the worship leader is in essence teaching with or asking questions with the words he's saying. Mm-hmm. And then the congregation is affirming. And yeah. Yeah. Then musically, uh, it starts out, you know, it's just in the original rendition, there is just a piano and a choir. Mm -hmm. And that's what starts. You know, it's very calm and quiet. Uh, But by the end of the song, you have drums, you have an orchestra, you have the full band. And what's communicated throughout the whole song is kind of like if a light starts to shine and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and it's just the glory of the lord is just continuing to shine brighter and brighter throughout the whole song of he is worthy Uh, that's a great that's a great visual with the mm -hmm. light and it even talks about yeah we don't even talk about that how light overcomes darkness every single time and so it's a great visual Yeah, so with that, let's go ahead and start looking at the lyrics of this song, Is He Worthy? So the first line, do you feel the world is broken? And then the congregation responds with, we do. Um, Brokenness in this world started in Genesis 3. And it's it's it has not stopped, obviously. Uh, but then the, the next line, do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Right. Is the is our response. And the idea of shadows deepening, uh, it just reminds me of First uh, John 313, which says, do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. He doesn't beat around the bush. He just gets right to it, tells us that the world is going to hate us. Uh, so we're attacked for our faith. And there's so much scripture uh, that talks about how the world world will attack us, but uh, a great again reminder that we're saying we do, and we're agreeing that as believers we're anticipating hatred from the world. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so then one thing that I thought was really cool that he did, so it starts out, do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know hmm. that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. And I think that's beautiful because so often we look at the world around us and we do feel these feelings of sorrow, of brokenness. The world is broken. There is sin and darkness and evil and it is very natural to respond to that with feelings of sadness and darkness and gloom. But then what does he do? He says, but what do you know? Mm -hmm. You know that the dark doesn't overpower the light. And so when you have these feelings, tell tell your feelings the truth. Mm. Remind yourself of the truth. And that's what he does in verse one. And I think that is amazing. And then he closes it with, do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. We're looking forward to a new creation that we're promised, and we're going to get into that yeah. as we keep going. So verse 2, what you get there? Verse 2 is all creation groaning. Uh, it is. And uh, this is a direct quote from Romans 8. Verse 22 says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And so, uh, yeah, we know that. And it's just a, uh, it's just addressing it and it's recognizing it, even though it's something that we all know. Uh, then the next, the next, the next line is is new is a new creation coming, which is another hint of uh, end times and anticipation, right? A new creation, uh, and is the is the glory of the Lord to be a light within our midst? And there's that light reference. God is light, and God and light will defeat darkness. God will defeat sin and death, and we know that uh, from the gospel. Uh, and then is it is it good that we remind ourselves of this? This is such a great line to end that verse with. I love it. Uh, just a reminder to stay close to God, to fill our hearts and our minds with scripture um, and including music, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs uh, to remind us of this. Yeah, so then we get into the chorus. So listen to these words. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah who conquered the grave, he is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? He is. And so that is taken directly from Revelation 5. So, And that was the inspiration for Andrew Peterson to write this song. So I don't want to read the whole chapter right now for sake of time, but I'd encourage you and I challenge you uh, when you're done listening to this, go read Revelation 5. Yes. Because what you'll see in there is this throne room of heaven and John is there and they're, they're looking, is anyone able to open this scroll? So God is holding, God the Father is holding the scroll in his right hand and on this scroll, there are seven seals. And as I was studying, I was like, what is the significance of this scroll? What even is this scroll? Because it looks like no one can open it. And in response to that, John begins to weep loudly. And I'm like, why is John weeping so loudly about this scroll that seemingly no one can can open? What is this scroll? Well, as I was researching, what this scroll is, is it's the deed to the kingdom. Hmm. It is, in essence, like the will. Um, 
back in times like Roman times I was studying and sometimes when someone would have a last will and testament, uh, it would be written on a scroll and then it would be sealed with seven seals so that only the person that was the inheritant uh, who gets to inherit the will, he's the only one who can open that, break the seven seals, receive the will and testament. Well, this is the deed to the kingdom of earth. This is all authority. And John is like, who who can open the scroll? Who is worthy to rule over the world, the kingdom? Who can fix these wrongs, this evil, this darkness? And he's weeping loudly. And then this elder comes over to John and he says, hey, weep no more behold the lion of the tribe of judah the root of david has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals and so then i would challenge you read on past chapter five and go through because then what happens it's the unfolding of this scroll the son of man jesus the messiah breaks off each seal from the scroll and with each of those seals being broken there are judgments that happen on earth. And what's the purpose of these judgments? Well, these judgments, they are punishing, they're pouring out the wrath of God on evildoers. He's punishing those who are enemies of God. And it's clearing the way, it's making way for Jesus to set up his physical, actual kingdom on earth to reign as its king, to right every wrong, to make everything righteous and holy, and he's gonna dwell with his people. And so you get to chapter 16, This all seven seals have been broken and all the judgment has been poured out. And then listen to this, the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne saying, it is done. And there were flashes of lightning, rumbles, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake, such as there had never been since man was on earth. So great was that earthquake. And what follows after that? We see that finally all wickedness, all evil, all of the enemies of God are crushed. They are put under his foot. And there's the marriage supper of the Lamb. Christ's actual kingdom is set up on earth and God dwells with his people. And as I was reading this, I was tearing up. I was getting chills. Like it is so powerful Mm. to see Christ come back. He's worthy and he's reigning. He's, he's the only one worthy. And why is he worthy? Because he came and bore our sin on the cross. He died and he was raised from the dead victorious and all authority has been given to him. Wow, that's awesome. And if you guys think Johnny just painted a very good picture, an amazingly powerful picture uh, of, of what he read, you should go and read it. Those are some pretty amazing chapters to read and now uh, really understand uh, what's going on. So thank you for doing that deep dive into the scroll, man. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds like a lot. Uh, and you know, Revelation 5.12, it says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Those That's a lot of things mm-hmm. that he is worthy to receive. And that comes when we say, uh, you know, is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy of this? And we say together in one accord, we say he is. And we mm-hmm. agree uh, with those things. 
Uh, so yeah, that's that's an amazing picture painted by uh, God's Word, mm-hmm. and God's Word speaks. So definitely go check that out. That's Revelation five, uh, all the way through sixteen. Mm-hmm. Is that entire scene of events right there that we just sang about, and we and Johnny just mentioned. And then he closes out with this bridge. He says, from every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, he has made us a kingdom and priests to God to reign with the Son. And that's what's so exciting and just leaves me in awe that we see this majestic picture. We see the only one worthy to open the scroll and all the things that you were saying, glory, honor, power, dominion. Mm. And you know what? He invites us to be part of that. He invites us to be heirs with Christ, and he invites us to reign with him. This same person that is yeah. just that that is worthy of this, uh, opening the scroll and then tearing off these seven seals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this same person has <laughs> invited us to have a relationship with him. Right. Something that we do not deserve, yeah. we could never deserve, but that is God's kindness and love hmm. towards us. So going back, uh, we're, we got a little bit out of order, a little bit excited about the scroll. <laughs> right. Uh, but we're going to go back to verse the, the verse before the, the bridge, and that is, uh, it says, Does the Father truly love us? Um, that was obviously demonstrated on the cross when he sent his one and only mm-hmm. son to die for our sins uh, so that we will not perish if we believe in him but have everlasting life. Uh, the next one is, does the spirit move among us? And it tells us in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 16, it says, do, do you not know that you're a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? Uh, so does the spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves? And the answer to that is obviously mm-hmm. he does. Uh, the next one, uh, the next line says, does our God intend to dwell again with us? Going back to 1 Corinthians, he says, for, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And there's so many pieces of scripture that talks about the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one that stood out to me when I, uh, when I sang that verse. Right. He saved us and... He didn't just save us from our sin, but he saved us so that we could look forward to life everlasting with him for all eternity, just dwelling and serving and praising him. Yes. Uh, So just some brief application uh, in response to this song. Uh, When would be an appropriate time to sing this? What do you do with all of these things? Well, one thing that stood out to me, um, especially just with some current events going on in our world right now, you look and there is so much brokenness, there is so much wickedness and evil in this world, and it can be very easy to to weep loudly like John, or to, you know, you feel the world is broken, you feel the shadows deepen, it's just, it seems like a very dark, bleak per, uh, picture. But what can you do in response to that when you look at the news or you hear things? What can you do? You can, you can sing this song and remind yourself of the future that awaits us. You can remind yourself of who is on the throne, who is worthy, and you can remind yourself that everything is going to be made new, a new creation is coming, and who's bringing it? Jesus, the only one who is worthy. So that would be my encouragement Mm -hmm. to you, Uh, but I know, Tim, you said you had a couple things too. Yeah, yeah, just thinking about this song, 
this is a song that really talks about some deep theology. Um, the nature of God is really brought out in this song, not only in the questions and the answers, but but I mean, especially that chorus. Uh, but it really is so deep to where the average unbeliever won't understand these words. And uh, e- even some believers now, and I challenge you, believer, if you hear this song and there are lines that you don't understand or you don't know where they're from, uh, ask some. Ask one of us, ask one of your pastors, and uh, even read Revelation uh, chapter 5, like Johnny was mentioning, uh, and really try to understand these. They're important, um, and they're too important to not fully understand as a believer. Uh, but this song, honestly, it requires more than just a basic basic understanding of Christianity uh, to understand and fully comprehend the meaning of this. Yeah, so the next time that we sing this song together, I pray that this is an encouragement to you that you can sing this with a better understanding, a better uh, excitement for what is in store for us as heirs with Christ, what he has accomplished, what he still is going to accomplish, so that with all the saints, we can proclaim he is worthy in one accord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.